random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists. The Marvel Universe podcast presents The Marvelists, Ms. Marvel. Yes, an easy title to say, one and all. We are talking episode number four of Ms. Marvel entitled Seeing Red, wherein Kamala, sorry, Kamala travels around the world to solve the mystery of the Bengals. No, that's the group. This is singular. A, this is a terrible Hardy Boys book. And her family's history. Or Nancy Drew. Or the Babysitter's the Club. Hardy Boys. Oh, Matt and Jeff. What misfits mm. will you get into after Jeff gets out of rehab? We don't know. Mutt and Jeff. Well, Matt and Jeff. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. The Hardy Boys. WWF Tag Team Champions. Oh, yeah. No, that's... that's. I know. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Anyway, Randy. this episode, we are talking about, again, Ms. Marvel, episode number four, and... Let me tell you, folks at home, this continues the trend that I was saying. Middle episodes are kind of bleh, because last week's was kind of bleh, and this was somehow even more bleh. We're continuing the trend. It's just, it's a bland episode for me, very bleh, and I feel like the previous episodes, the first two, it's, always, it's like that meme on the internet of uh, drawing a horse. You start off really good, and then the middle is... Okay, and then you finally finish with a masterpiece at the end. This one is very much, I feel, middle episodes of MCU shows. If it's a six-episode season, eh, could be better. But they're trying for what they're doing in here, and Kamala is now in another country. She has traveled off to... Karachi! And we're just going to say this first before, you know, at the end of the episode, but I thought it was a cute little nod that at the end of the episode, the credits are different. We're no longer seeing Jersey City. We're seeing Karachi. And, again, that little attention to detail that, yes, you know, you see it right then and there. It's out there in your face. But you may not, like, put the synapses together and be like, oh, my God, you guys. It's Karachi. From this, from this plain view. Not Jersey City. Not the, uh, yeah, no, it's not. Because you're filling, the last part of it is filling in of the coloring in around that lightning bolt of Ms. Marvel is not in the streets of Jersey City. It's... In the round village then of Karachi. It's a cool little graphic change. And, you know, by the way, I believe this is uh, Perception that is doing this. So shout out to the people over at Perception for the quality of work that they are doing on this show. So. Cool. And with this episode, we're introduced to a new character, the Red Dagger, you know, in the comics. And his name is, I believe, Kareem, correct? Kareem. I think so, yes. And with Kareem, you know, it's it's evolving the Marvel Universe. We're seeing more and more characters, and one of the uh, lines in the episode that I got a real kick out of was, are all superheroes American? Maybe maybe some are Canadian. Alpha Flight. The joke is Iman herself, the actress who plays Ms. Marvel. She is a Canadian actress. Uh-huh. See, I learned something here. Also, with, those, with the names, though, I'm not picking them up right away, at least not on a first viewing of each episode. Same. So a second episode viewing would be great. Also, the first 12 issues that I have in a compendium 
is helping them just only up to what might be issue number four. Although, again, in the interest of fairness, you've been reading these issues as well as watching the show. And when you watch the show after reading an issue, you kind of notice, like what I said, huh? No, I'm doing it in reverse. No, I'm saying line, well, whatever way you're doing it. But you're (laughs) noticing line for line, some of these things are directly lifted from the source material. Pretty gosh darn close. And that's, again, that is a rarity. And I like seeing that. And I feel this might be the perfect time to be like, hey, you want to read more of the comic, or you want you want more of the character? You should read the comics. Yep. And this is one of those rarities where it's like kind of super duper close, pun intended, to the source material. Did we know though? Uh, going now, if we can get back to the beginning of the episode, that uh, Karachi is the city of lights. I did not. That was one thing that I saw in the beginning. Also, establishing that at least for now, Kamala and her mom are calling a little bit of a truce. And at some point, her saying to Kamala, "Please don't be weird," you know, like while we're staying here, kind of thing. I, I again, I enjoy the relationship that the mother and daughter have. You know, Kamala and her mom. I feel like there is a. Uh, it's a rarity in terms of relationships in the MCU because it's not always going to be perfect, and you know, a lot of other ones you only see the one side of the relationship in the MCU. You know, Peter and Aunt May, and it's very. It doesn't really change other than, you know, like a negative attitude towards a person. Whereas you see that with Kamala and her mom, the cultural differences like, hey, I'm from here and you're here, but I'm also accustomed to the things the way they are here. So a little bit of a difference in clashing, you know, and I like that. I think, though, that, uh, yeah, that just reminded me that Kamala's mother is probably the one who's best situated for being having been in the, in both countries, in both yes. worlds and uh, more adaptable to all. But I did notice how throughout the episode, at least in a couple of spots where you had subtitles, and then I thought, well, I don't know. Did they want to maybe get the Pakistani language in there as well, hearing it that way? Because otherwise, I don't think the subtitles were needed for the environment or the situation where this the conversation happened to take place. I mean, it depends, truly. You know, like, you don't want it to be an audience member reading subtitles the entire time because, some, you know, sometimes people people don't like watching movies with subtitles. I don't know why those people are like that, right. but, yeah. you know, you got to, like, mix it up a little. So that's why when you read a comic book, sometimes you'll see, like, you know, the translation stuff, and it's like only a little bit. They don't want it to be the entire time, you know, putting the little uh, carrot brackets next to everything, like, hey... This is a translation. We know this now. Like, you got to, like, you know, just keep going forward and maybe mix it up just a little bit. Put a little from column A, a little from column B in there, you know? And yet, now that you mention that, with the comic books, I always would get the asterisk and the, uh, you know, the tilted triangle where that's the different language being spoken and, you know, translated from the Russian or Japanese or whatever. And I just went along with it in the comic books. Here, I, I don't know, wiser and more cantankerous maybe and scrutinizing like well did they really need to speak in that language when anybody else in the room is speaking the same language Did they need to to show you the subtitles unless like i said i'm just thinking of it now they wanted to meaning the producers of this episode in particular wanted to add that language because you're in that country hold so on it's, Eddie. it's a part of what it is what i'm going to do for you right now is i'm oh, going to no. forward over you the uh, marvel studios number so hold on oh cool Oh, I don't want to share my location. Mr. With them. Pinagos, please. Well, no, I'm Marvel Studios, not Marvel Comics. Well, it's a start. So there you go, Eddie. Okay. Go check your text now. Uh, because I do things literally from time to time. 
Jeez. <laughs> but anyway. All right, let's go to the phones. <laughs> no, no, please don't call. But you can talk to Kevin Feige later. You'll say, hi, Kevin, and he'll be like, Eddie? We won't put it on the air. Oh, well, it's, it's three, <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't give the number out. Three hours no, before oh. us, right? <laughs> Were you about to read the number out loud? No, I was saying three, and there's no three in the number whatsoever. That's good. Anyway. There's no four in the number at all. There's no two. But anyway, there's we... not even a seven. We digress, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. With this episode, what else? We got, You know, one of the things that I noticed heavily in here is the more of a fleshing out of damage control. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I feel like Kamala and her character are perfect for helping be a backdoor entrance for Damage Control's backstory. Because you really, you know, you can have it maybe every so often with certain characters, but I feel like you have this big over the top team that, you know, cleans things up. And what better way to clean them up than with the screw ups of a teenager? This is true on a on a higher scale, but but maybe proportionate to the powers that she is uh, learning to harness. Yeah, and then and, you know, and so on. Because um, you can't really do it with Spider Man because there's only so much stuff you can do in a Spider Man movie. Yes. Now, if there's a Spider Man TV show, which I want so damn bad, I really want to see Spider Man have his own live action TV show. It'll never happen because of all the uh, Sony and Marvel stuff. But I want it to happen so badly. <laughs> well, in this in particular episode, we do get the DOCC, uh, the Supermax Prison, as it says, the damage control. Actually, it's the D- DODC. Did it say DODC? I must have read that wrong, for sure. So For sure. But it has to do with the uh, inmate break. And So what you're getting at is tonight there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. You with Thin Lizzy, yes, exactly. Reference mm. number, whatever. Music. The boys are back in town. There you go. Spread the word around. Second. Guess who's back in town again? Um, Mackie. Mackie's back in town. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. It's another song. Okay. One of my favorite things is there's this guy, if you go to uh, any bar, they have the little uh, requesting music things, the uh, jukeboxes where you can like request digital. Mm-hmm. I know people that have like put in boys are back in town again 20 times. And I don't know and why. it just goes one after the... Cause Mm-hmm. You gotta spread the word around, and that's how you do it, I suppose. By getting kicked out of a bar for playing, <laughs> the boys are back in town twenty times. Wow. Okay, so from this particular scene, Comron uh, is the one that's left behind because apparently he's betrayed what his mother and everybody else that's out to get uh, Kamala. Right. But that's the only scene we have with the uh, the DODC, um, which I assume they got tipped. They didn't happen to have. A, uh, an outpost in Karachi, now, did they? I don't believe so. They were summoned to, to there to do their what they do, their damage control stuff. Um, but if I can just back up again, just to make beep, a couple beep, of notes. Beep, Thank beep. you. You're welcome. Um, oh, th- God, that's going to be a recurring bit on the show, isn't it? If it happened more than once, which it has, then yeah, we're there. Oh, exactly. No. If you lived here, you'd be home now. Perhaps by the time we get to the end of this series, not just the episode... We're going to find out why when when Nani said that the bangle saved her life. That's that's one thing. We have the pictures, the drawn picture of Nani's grandmother, who I think is who where the bangle initially uh, started, came from. I'm calling it now, episode five. They open the show with that, a recap, like a uh, mm, okay, right. flashback scene. Yeah, I, I get that. That's fine. Because I feel like the perfect time to do a flashback to a character's, you know, character's past 
is not on the final episode. You do it towards the end so you can end up having the next week. People who saw that, they remember that. They're all like, oh, you guys, that was what it was. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And then you just hear, shut up, I'm trying to sleep. Because they woke him up in the middle The, the cousins night. woke up Kamala, which I find out in this episode, I didn't know Kamala was not a typical Pakistani name. That's what that was. That's what uh, the aunt had said. Also, she's just not traditionally dressed as a standard Pakistani team because the way she comes in, you know, she's wearing jeans. Yeah, there's a no jeans policy, so they have to be outside of where they were going. Where they were going into, yeah. And in regards to you know another thing, the Polaroid. Yes, sure. <laughs> you look lost, but for fifteen hundred, and I'll give you train station directions. Did I, did I jam a couple of things in there? Yes, I did. Thank you, you very did, much. You did. You did. But wait, there's more. Visitors, you are being monitored and or under surveillance. What do you do? Put on the mask. Well, I wanted to talk, you know, over to wearing something, the yeah. bangle that Kamala has. The inscription on what it says, what you seek is seeking you. And she's, you know, it makes perfect sense because she's mm-hmm. trying to find out what her powers are. And she will find out because that information is coming to her as she tries and attains it. No, I, I get that. There's something to that as well. That was a couple more lines down. But we did cover, of course, the uh, appearance, the introduction of the the Red Daggers with that Red Dagger being thrown and landing into the uh, writing of that wall mural that said you can start small and still be bigger than life. Sorry, larger than life. And you know, in here she's he's called uh, Kimo, aka Kareem. So it's it's nice to see like a little bit of a change in here. I'm not that familiar with the character. When I was reading uh, Ms. Marvel from the beginning, I don't believe I got up to those issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm very uh, behind on that. But apparently, you know, in regards to the overall appearance of the character, we have the uh, green shirt and the red scarf. Which I love her remark of, "Wow, how did you find one long enough to cover your mouth?" Yeah, that was that was in the dig. again was really she. Funny. She's really, really good at the smart-ass comments, and just her delivery of everything is perfect. It's like, it's almost like she's a teenager, Eddie. It is. In the fight scene and so on, you know, one gets the upper hand, the other one shatters the illusion that was created by Kamala. Uh, But back to that mural, underneath the words, you can start small and still be larger than life. We have Karachi Times, or X-Avengers series. I thought it said part four. And so whether that means something or it's making a visual cue, a note of, yeah, this is the fourth episode. And uh, the artist name, uh, Sarai Hussein, and after Adrian Alfona. Well, I, don't, I don't know if those names relate to the comics. I would assume they do, but... One thing with this episode that I've not heard anybody talk about, especially at this point in the series, no one's acknowledged that uh, we have not seen Kamala in her official Ms. Marvel costume. Uh, costume. No, right. We and I'm not... kind of surprised. Like, no one's even clamoring about it. Like, no one's, like, I've never seen any discourse on the internet since. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but I feel mm-hmm. like at this point, like, maybe hint towards it. Like, why haven't you done anything? Well, you know? it could be wait to the end because now she knows she will have come to know the source of the abilities of this bangle, and now let's build everything around it. Okay, we're ready to be an Avenger or right. go on to other things and be in other Marvel 
Truth. Movies. Well, truthfully, I don't think she's going to have the costume in the final episode of the series. I feel like maybe it'll be like maybe she will in the last episode, and then that's like you know, this is how I become a superhero. There'll be a drawing. You, yeah. You, no. I well, I've a seen, blueprint. I've seen the take up sewing. I've I'm... seen the photographs of her in the costume, mm-hmm. and you know, okay, that's fine. But I feel like it's going to be she doesn't have it until the last episode maybe even the last shot of the episode mm-hmm. and yeah. then you see her more in the costume in the upcoming movie the marvels what i wished i saw a little bit more of was you know she's in she's welcomed to the red daggers there's the whole dinner that's there and then there's this map on the wall that she she's told shows how the two worlds coexist right but it's very brief there's a little you can see how they overlap or whatever but then you don't really get to see too much of that it's standard freeze frame stuff Mm -hmm. which this stuff is tailor made for it I feel like if this was in a movie you would get people going on about and explaining you know what happens after repeated viewings as opposed to this where it's like oh I have the time I can actually freeze frame it and you know take a screenshot or whatever and let the world know what this is yeah This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice, or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. I think we have a little funny or an awe sort of kind of moment where there's, uh, what is it, Kamala's mom is cleaning up and Nani is like, yeah, your mother's going on a cleaning frenzy like she always does or that kind of thing. Uh, but Kamala, uh, what I have a note that says, gets the toffee. And and the uh, mother and Nani talk alone for, um, what, and bilingually too. That was another thing where I didn't know if the subtitles were necessary. But just to bring that language probably into... And, you know, flavor that episode with with that culture. Well, there's one, you know, in the scene, uh, Muniba has a frank conversation with her mother about why she went to America rather than remain in Pakistan, you know, per the uh, TVLine.com uh, discussion. And, you know, in there they say she explains that she needed a change from being uh, shunned by neighbors because of her quote-unquote crazy mother and her wild theories. Mm-hmm. And it... So what we're getting at is Nani is the one that had the powers. She had all this stuff, and no one believes her that that even happened. Yeah. And I like that kind of storytelling technique because then eventually I told you I was right. Every, no one believed me. I feel like they, they've done, they did it on the previous episode, and I loved them for doing it. The whole tease of she's going to tell everyone what the power is and that she has this power and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And nope, they didn't. No. No, but they did have it was a nice I think sentimental moment of bonding between mother and Nani. Well, what I'm getting at is do you think Nani is going to be the one that finds out the power with Kamala and then you kill off the uh, grandmother? 
I feel like that is the direction they're going. In. It could be. I you know I wouldn't rule that out really. And again, I haven't read I haven't read much of the comics, but I feel like if that's in there, they really are going for a direct uh, cribbing of the source material, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, and and the whole thing too, also about being in touch with the Noor, if it's being said right or even spelled right. But what by what I'm hearing, so that's a part of this whole mystery of of this the, the beyond the bangle. Um, we have a uh, an inside fight scene, which I wrote down as being very destructive, and now a street chase, and a lot of go 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 and that kind of thing, and where and you mentioned the character's name of the Red Daggers, that sees a situation that he can't get out of and is about to be probably killed so he helps Kamala escape so he kind of a couple of red daggers into a pursuer of Kamala but he in fact gets stabbed and what he's dropped off the building I think or something like that yeah so it's like yeah he's he's gone and I don't know the the bracelet I saw the scene of the bracelet being stabbed by a, by a spear and then all of a sudden she's on these train tracks. Right. As if sort of kind of it was a dream, and we wake, she wakes up, gets up, and goes onto the sort of a roof, and she's in this very big, elaborate uh, train station, which I guess is where she wanted to get because she wants to get away. Well, one of the things, you know, the scene with her and Kareem at the uh, campfire with all of his friends, I enjoy the fact of we now have yet another potential suitor for Kamala in this show. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this, the sparks are flying for her and basically all these different characters except Bri- uh, Brian, not Bruno. Not Bruno? Mm. But, I mean, you know, his name, is Br- his name is Bruno. Bruno, not Brian. That's what I thought I remembered is Bruno. Yeah. Bruno, not Brian. That's my favorite Bob Dylan, or Bob uh, Marley song. But, you know, no woman, no cry. Peter swing and a miss. Jesus. That's you know I'm not versed in Bob Marley, so forgive me. Eddie no like a da ganja. Well, oh jeez, oh that is getting edited out. Oh my god. But you know, with this episode again, I I was not a fan of it. I feel like it was a very it was it was a miss, but not the you know miss. Uh, uh, it was yeah. it was a miss, but I do appreciate that we have the ending of the episode. And, you know, at the very end, we see everything, you know, with the... uh, The train, boss, the train. Which she's transported 75 years into the past involving with uh, the partition. So you're seeing everything going on, the massive chaos, and... Uh. That's a very uh, interesting thing that they chose to throw in there. So we'll see what happens, but how is she going to get back to her time and place? Is this, you know, a, uh, what's the phrase? Is this a hallucination? Is she, you know, maybe passed out? She doesn't know where she is. She's living through the past now, you know, with all the knowledge she knows of it. Mm -hmm. We don't know, but if I was a betting man, I would say this is like she's knocked out and like she's dreaming this. That's a good possibility. They can resolve it as being uh, done that way. And I, I thought the episode, it was okay. It was fine. I think it was somewhat necessary to do what they did in it to establish more of the culture. Right. And give that uh, type of type of background. And 
you know, I don't know if they could come across with saying how old Nani is. I'm assuming in her 80s, perhaps older. Right. But still somewhat spry and, you know, willing to do um, other things. I, I There was some kind of line that she said to Kamala that uh, she said, oh, no, I just did that yesterday or, or something to that effect. Like, it's no big deal. I'm I'm still uh, still alive and still able, so let's do this, whatever this would have been. Well, like I said, you know, this for this episode, for what it was, it was an okay episode, but I feel like in regards to getting my, you know, getting myself engrossed in the episode, it didn't really do that, and that's fine. Not every episode is going to be something that just pulls you in. For me, it didn't work for me, but we are now officially at the halfway point of the show, and it's also got me speculating how this character will be involved in the future of the MCU alongside Ms. Marvel and Monica Rambeau. Like, I'm mm-hmm. really, really excited to see where we can go with this because how much of her ancillary supporting characters will she bring along into the big screen adaptation? Are we going to see Bruno? Are we going to see her family? I feel like the family will be there, but only in like small dribs and drabs. Probably. While it's more of a Captain Marvel centric story because she's still yeah. the main character of that. Uh, yeah, I think so. And in regards to just this episode overall, again, didn't do it for me, but I have high hopes for next week because while it didn't do it for me, it was still, the writing was sharp. The characters were entertaining for what it was with this episode. You know, it, you you can have an episode that's not engaging, but still has good quality dialogue and good quality acting. And everything in this episode is that for me still, regardless of whether or not I was engrossed in it. Not as engrossing as as others, yes, but I yeah. think for the most part, it moved along pretty well. It, yeah, and it had a nice fast pace. Of course, you had to have some in the, the fight scenes, and inevitably, you're going to get the destruction scenes, whether it was going through the streets and and all that. It's like, okay, well, mom, mom said, "Don't be weird," but she just, you know, it's just a lot of uh, mayhem and chaos. But you did see a little more, I think, um, range of her powers. Yeah, and perhaps the the glow around her. Extending to or enveloping more of her, in in a sense, uh, not that we've seen because I'm learning from the comic book how she has the ability to enlarge or shrink herself. That hasn't come through. I don't. The, th- I don't show. think it will. I really don't think it will. Okay, because they want to. They don't want it to be like this. They're going to say like, we don't want her to be too similar to other characters. You don't want to see that and think, oh, well, then how come, you know, she's not, she's like Ant-Man then. You know, you don't want to have those comparisons because. We already had one from the beginning of Reed Richards. Would you say she has similar powers to another character right now? The way she's doing with the bangle and the creation of things. I think so. I could even I see, be. I see, Ms. Mar- I see Captain Marvel with this. I do see that. Yeah, so I, I feel do. like. But now I'm thinking, too, We we I think at the first episode said Reed Richards, her stretching arm, the enlarged fist. Now with that, and I'm thinking, oh, yes, we talk about the shrinking of Ant-Man, but I just realized, too, with the combination of the enlarged fist and the stretched arm, well, hey, over at the Distinguished Competition, that would be what shapes Green Lantern could come up with. I brought that up, Eddie. You did? Where? Where? I missed that. On one of the first episodes oh, of this. Oh, was I here? <laughs> yeah, you were. You think so? Okay. I literally said it's Green Lantern both at the green where he can make things with his yeah, the hand okay. well, that's and the ring. Okay. Oh, the hand and the ring. Those are two other movies. Uh, okay, Eddie. Anyway. Now, before we wrap this episode up, one thing I wanted to talk about, you know, a little bit of uh, Marvel news uh, housekeeping. 
some I texted you the uh, link to it the other day, and it's kind of like a holy shit. Could mm. this really be a thing? So on Howard Stern a couple days ago, as of this recording, uh, Howard, the king of all media, was on. You know, he was about to do his uh, usual vacation of uh, being away from the studio because you know I wish I could make that serious XM money, but and have so many vacations. Good lord. Uh, but he ended up saying like talking off mic and I need to pull it up now because it's one of those things where as I'm stalling for time the according to IGN yeah and I'm just I'm going to pull up the uh, transcript of what he said so let's see where it is where the headline says should I read it well uh, I want to read his exact line because I feel like I'm just talking about the headline he's that he's going to be in a Doctor Doom movie and of course internet speculation because people don't know how to read Everyone thought, oh, my God, he's going to play Dr. Doom. It's like, no, he's no. not. There are people that really think that, and I'm like, that's stupid of you to think that. Who-who is not going to be a... Uh... <laughs> Rob, Robin, I, I invented movies. but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a direct quote. Huh. So I'm trying to find the quote. Like It's ridiculous. Like You can't find the exact line. Dr. Doom's in... I'm sorry for... Uh... No, but according to the headline that's here oh, along that you sent me, th- it does not, to me, intimate that anything more than he was the conduit instead of, you know, like a Mark Ruffalo or a, a Tobey Maguire or, or Tom Holland, you know, spilling the beans on something. But he's... Well, he, did you listen to the audio? The, no. You got to listen to the audio because okay. he's literally hot mic and the... Uh, music bed of the commercial isn't the background is playing mm-hmm. so but his comment was they're going over the schedule with me and it's going to suck stern said i told you i'm going to do dr doom that's the thing but believe me i'm effing miserable about it i called robert downey jr and i was asking him asking him acting techniques oh okay. which is interesting because you know howard did private parts in 1997 so and that was a good movie so, who who? What are you doing? <laughs> it's something other than what he normally would do. Which I is invented a lot radio Robin. show. <laughs> I didn't know you had an inner Howard Stern persona. I love doing. I love doing a Howard Stern impression. It's one of my personal favorites. As a, so it's a, there's a cosplay character who we've seen at the Garden State Comic Fest. Oh, you had a shit eating grin when you saw him. You're just like, oh my god, you look just like him. And he did. He did. That's why I'm like Eddie. You got to get over here. Uh huh. Yes. So that was at uh, Garden State Comic Fest uh, 2019. The same day we met Mr. Peanut, I think but so. he, in, in his van outside the Peanut Mobile. Mobile. Mm-hmm. But with this, he's saying Doctor Doom. Now, does this mean that a Doctor Doom spin-off movie is happening instead? Because the rumored innuendo is Black Panther World of Wakanda is where Doctor Doom debuts. Huh. Okay. So I like the idea of, you know, introducing these characters. Again, this is what they should have been doing, you know, overall with X-Men, though they that might be the case, you know, drips and drabs the way you did in the other movies. Like, here's Hawkeye just randomly in this one movie, as opposed to... Hawkman or Hawkeye the movie. Whoops. Did I, did I call him Hawkman the you, first time? Yes, you Hell did. Hell yeah, I screwed up Hawkeye's name. But, um... You just cross universes, too. But anyway... Yeah, don't cross the streams. But in regards to this with uh, the Doctor Doom movie, it's such an odd choice to have, you know, potentially Howard Stern in this. Like, what could he be in the movie other than himself? 
you know i I think if it is it's a it's a it's a cameo type of a role um that's that might not be himself yeah or if it is himself it could be a a short uh role anyway we don't we don't know who all right all right right all right victor ride the sibian (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I, I just I think the idea I feel like Doctor Doom is going to be like you know he shows up on television and the you know Howard is making a big deal about this I feel like if if this is not a bit I feel like this is you know Howard Stern is literally going to be in like a five second cameo kind of like Neil deGrasse Tyson was in Superman uh, Man of Steel or how uh, like just random talk show hosts will show up in a movie yeah I agree and I'm surprised that they I feel actually. If I was a betting man, I feel like he is going to be in the movie interviewing, like, Johnny Storm or somebody. Hmm, okay. You know? Because if the Fantastic Four are involved in this movie, you want to have them as these superstar superheroes. So, Johnny, let me ask you, what's your trick to getting hot women? Oh, it's going to be that. (laughs) It's going to be something like that, and if they do... Maybe we can trade line, trade secrets. (laughs) But I like that. I think the idea of... uh, hoo-hoo in this movie is going to be great. I invented the MCU, Robin. It's... The Fartman Cinematic Universe. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to wrap this episode up for today, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to check us out previously on any other episode if you want to hear our thoughts on any of the MCU's television shows, including the legendary show What If. Anyway. For the more, because I just wanted to make fun of what if again. Until episode five. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.